0: Hello, everybody. This is Mike Gettle and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 23rd episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Steve, we've got a gorgeous last week of August here in Yakima. The first bales are coming in from the valley. We've got some bales last week from Oregon, and we're into the final month of the baseball season.
1: We are, and we've got some perfect hop weather here for us the first uh, week or two of harvest. uh, The the weather's in the... uh, upper 70s, lower 80s. Uh, that's great for hop maturation but just as importantly it's great for our employees out there bringing in the crop.
0: It's a lot nicer this year than last year. These early days where last year was so hot and it was hazy and this oh. year it's nice and cool and uh, everybody feels better starting off the, it was the so, harvest.
1: It was so miserable last year just breathing that smoke. I felt like times you could reach your hand out and not see it. Uh, yeah. We had a uh, all the fires uh, up in Canada and kind of surrounding us. And it's nice to be able to breathe some nice fresh air this time of the year. And yeah. it's nice to get those
0: first whiffs of the hops too, right now. Oh, when absolutely. Coming in. Uh, and it's also a week where we have our Hop and Brew School, which is an exciting time for us as Yakima Chief Hops. I know it's really exciting for the brewers that are coming in. Um, we had our opening uh, day yesterday. We have two two day sessions, about 200 people in each one. And when I asked the question yesterday, how many people, you know, the first time in Yakima, in the, in the Yakima Valley, and there were over 90% of the people, first time to come out to hops. That's pretty special. Uh, and and so for people to be able to come out and really experience what hop harvest is about and what it really means to interact with the farmers is it's pretty cool.
1: Absolutely. And it's hard to believe I've been around this industry enough to know that that wasn't always that way. There was mm. a time... 30 years ago when uh, brewers didn't come to the hop yards, and uh, it's so much nicer now. There's such a high level of transparency, collaboration, communication. Uh, it's just a wonderful time to be in the hop industry.
0: And and, and part of that is our home brewing uh, partners as well. And, and with that, we're extremely uh, excited and pleased to have Denny Kahn uh, with us today. Denny's uh, based out of Eugene, Oregon, been Home brewing for over 20 years okay. and uh, is a well-known author, well-known podcaster. Has his uh, with his partner has a, a, po- uh, a website uh, experiment- experimentalbrewing.com. But Denny's here and Denny, uh, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to this this uh, chat on Yakima Chief Hops.
2: Why, thanks guys. It's great to be with you and it's wonderful to be back here at Hop and Brew School for my fifth time. Mm-hmm. I just I so look forward to this. It's so much fun. So informational, and, you know, I, I've gotten to really love Yakima over the last five years or so. <laughs> it's, it's it's. I mean, you know, home brewers is, you know, you're, you,
0: most people, They some of them have been doing it like you. A lot of them are first-time brewers over the last couple of years. They're learning more about the beer, and, and I think they really appreciate the sort of insights you have, and you've written a number of books. You have your podcast, your website. Uh, how would you go about, uh, to a home brewer, let's say, is not yet able to travel to this area and see the hop harvest. What what's what's get your juices going here in these you know in this year in the last several years as you've been out here?
2: Boy, I'll tell you, for me, the first thing that just totally blew me away was when I went out into one of the fields during harvest and I saw how that whole process worked with the truck driving along and the tractor cutting the binds down to fall into the back of it. That was That just blew me away, and I immediately posted some video of that online so that other people could see it. That is just amazing, watching the the processing of the hops, the care that goes into the drying, and then the the baling, and then they get here to you guys, and then what you do with them from there on, you know, the breaking them down into making the pellets, um, the, the cryo hops now, and the American Nobles, which I find both just incredibly exciting, To me, it's like being able to watch that whole process happening step by step is is what's really, really puts me in contact with, you know, where my hops come from. And so then when I get back from this, I'm really energized and I try and pass that on to all the other brewers who couldn't be here.
1: Denny, you've been very successful in making us all thirsty by <laughs> what you just said. So uh, I don't know if, you, if our listeners heard that uh, pop-top in the background, but Mike's pouring us a beer here because uh, um, it's, it's, it's
0: an afternoon on a Wednesday, and uh, it's time to drink a beer while That's we're right. having this podcast. We're, right. we're, we have a few um, cans of beer left over for our, from some previous pod podcasts. We're starting off with the Rheingeist uh, IPA. They make some really nice beer, and they're great in Cincinnati, the Reds uh, area. So yeah, this All is. All right. They're cheers! <laughs> cheers
2: indeed, guys. Cheers. Thank you so much for inviting me. Mm.
1: That's a great beer. It
0: really
2: is. Mm. That's you know, uh, have you? Oh, that's real. I mean, it's smooth. It's well integrated. Boy, that's really nice. What what was
0: uh, you'd mentioned Cryo Hops now, and 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 that's, and you know, it's obviously one of our newer products, but. Talk about that from a home-brewing perspective compared to regular T90 pellets and and why you've enjoyed using uh, the Cryo Hops.
2: Number one, I enjoy using the Cryo Hops because of the results. Mm -hmm. That's why we all use any particular product, right? Mm -hmm. I love that bright, fresh hop flavor and aroma that I get when I use them, say, in the whirlpool or dry hopping. Um, I find that they have... A real life that uh, that I don't really always get out of the the t90s. Uh, of course, there's the the higher yield from the brew kettle. Mm-hmm. You know, without sure. all the vegetable matter in mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Um, and and that's really nice because you know homebrewers are, are cheap asses and they're always trying to squeeze <laughs> every last little bit out of what they spend. Sure. So in in that respect, they're really great. But, again, it, it comes down to the results because when I, I find when I use those cryo hops to finish a beer, I get a much more upfront, forward, clean, focused hop flavor and aroma than I get out of pellets mm-hmm. or, or, or whole hops.
0: But to me, it's, all, it, it's, I mean it's, it's mosaic Still mosaic, but it's 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 a little bit different, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it is without without getting all the polyphenols right. yep. from from mm-hmm. the vegetative sure. matter in there, uh, and and I know that some people have said, well, you know, that's one thing that they sometimes have a problem with with choir hops is they don't get the the full range of flavors. But I find that it's really easy just to then throw in some T-90s or mm-hmm. some American yep. Nobles to make up for that and still get the benefits of the cryo hops with the rest of those flavors added by the other hops.
1: And our, our brewers, actually, who are also part of the sales staff, prob- of our, part of our problem-solving crew of uh, techni- <laughs> technical solutions guys, say that same thing. Right. You know, Mix some Type 90 in with it. Uh, that, that helps you kind of get the full benefit from that uh, that hop, and uh, it's been working well is based on the feedback we're getting from our customers.
2: And and when the Cryo first came out and it was a powder, you pretty much had to mix some sure. T90s right. in with yeah. it, you yeah. know, in order to get it to sink. So I was really happy to see you guys switching over to pelletizing the, the Cryo. But yeah, it, it, it's really opened up areas for experimentation, you know, because it is so new and so different while kind of the same as before. Mm-hmm. So then you can get into finding out what you need to blend with the cryo, you know, in order to get the kind of flavor you want that really pops. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we you
0: know, we started the cryo process sort of three years ago through a lot of different experimentation. Uh, there's actually a pretty interesting um, uh, blog post we recently did with uh, Hot Valley about how they were one of the first people to use it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of came by the, the pelleting machine and they looked at it and they said hey what's all of this golden stuff here and used it to, to start. But uh, we're, we're now, so from 1% or 2% of our, our hop uh, processing was cryo two or three years ago, we're, we're about 15% right now. Wow, so, so the customers, the brewers, are really finding value for it, whether it's the aroma or the yield. But the other thing that we don't actually talk a lot about, Steve, and this is something we started talking a little bit about this week, is how sustainable cryo really is, if you think about it, because you end up using half as much and if we can if we can introduce it a bit more we're going to be able to use less acres to plant hops so you can therefore mm-hmm. save the water that goes into it all of the other inputs that go into it you ship it you only have to ship half as much you're not putting all of that gas mileage on it if you have storage, you only have to store half as much in your coolant, or so your cooler, so you don't have to have as much space. So, it, it you know, it, Pack- it's got other values beyond uh, the aroma and the yield uh, right. on it. So it's kind of a cool thing that yeah, we like have to be Yeah, half the part packaging of. cost as half well. Half the packaging. so uh,
1: That's important. Well, and
2: know. I, I got to tell you guys, I, I do not subscribe to the use half as much theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I, I use... The same amount that I would of any other form of hops, or, or maybe even more, and maybe that's because of, of how clean that that aroma and flavor I get from the cryo hops is, I can load it up even more with, without having to worry about the polyphenols from, from all the leaf coming in, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Uh, but I know that when I first got them, Brian had recommended using half as much, and I tried it. I went, well, that's good, but <laughs> <laughs> crank it try, up. Let's try twice as much. <laughs> Turn it up to 11, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but that, this is to me,
0: and I'm new compared to you guys. But to me, part of what I am excited by about hops is how much we're still learning about them, Yeah. and how to use them. And, and we now have fractionated between you know uh, the lupulin and the American or lupulin bract however you want to define it but we're still learning how to use them pulling them apart bringing them back together maybe in different ratios mm-hmm. all of this it's still very fascinating that we're still learning more about hops whether it's how to use them or how to grow them and that's pretty exciting
1: you know that reminds me of a conversation i had with Chuck Zimmerman 25 years ago he said steve someday what you guys will be doing is fractionating all of the different elements of the hops and then putting them back together in ways that help brewers make better beer right. and, and help wow. them really focus in on what they want to do. And 25 years later, it's, it's just coming down. to We're just starting to get there. Talk yep.
0: about prescient. That's amazing. Yep. It's a little bit like uh, Dr. McCoy on Star Trek, you know, looking back at 20th century medicine <laughs> and saying they were bar- we were barbarians.
2: <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you look at the brewing industry, uh, hobby, whatever, and the ingredients that go into it, People develop, like, new varieties Mm. of barley. You know, there are new strains of yeast that pop up. But what you're doing with the cryo hops and the American nobles is the only ingredient that is actually taking a new form. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and and giving us new ways to use it. The the other stuff is great. It's there. There's some very exciting stuff going on in the the yeast and, and malt world. But it's still yeast and malt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And you guys have given us like an entirely new tool, not just a new variety, but a new tool to start using.
0: Yeah. It's it's very, very exciting. And 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 it's it like anything else, people start to hear about it a little bit more and then they want to try it, then they experiment, and then we're still learning too, which is a lot of fun. So e- even we've been doing it, we're still learning how to better utilize these different products.
1: Well, Denny, you guys are artists. I mean, that's the bottom line. You, yeah. you, you well, and the craft brewers, you're <laughs> artists, and you're always looking for a different color on that palette to, right. to create something a little bit different, a little bit newer, a little bit more impressionable upon the, the folks that love beer.
2: <laughs> right. You know, and I, I admit to being pretty much a, a traditionalist when beer comes up. You know, I'm, I'm not into a lot of the really weird stuff that is mm-hmm. – coming out now it's like you know no thank you I don't want a uh, milkshake Berliner Weiss (laughs) you know uh, with fruit in it that's just not me but you know the the cryo hops give you a way to get that same adventure and experimentation without getting off into the land of bizarre Mm -hmm.
0: Mm right yep yep well um, you know for the home brewers one of the things I like about the home brewers uh, is you know when we have those one ounce packets uh, that go into lo- your local home, home brew shop, and on the back we put a little photo or a little biography about our growers, right? And to me, those are like our baseball cards. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you got? I'll trade you a Jason Peralta for a Keith Hauser <laughs> or something like that, right? Or I'll give you two, give you two Jason Peralts for one uh, for one Van Rich Horn. Van Horn because that's the rare one. That's <laughs> the that's the 1951 <laughs> Mickey Mantle card, you know. So.
2: Uh, You know, I think that that is one of the coolest things that I've seen when you guys started doing that because it really helps make a a real connection with where those hops come from, not just some anonymous machine out there producing them. And I know that homebrewers like to connect, you Mm -hmm. know. That's what homebrewing is all about is the community and the connecting. Mm -hmm. And seeing those growers' faces on the packages and reading a little bit about them Puts a smile on my face, yeah. mm-hmm. and not only seen them. I mean, they're they're not actors,
0: right? They really are. <laughs> yeah, our, they really right. are our growers. And if you come up here to Yakima, you'll get a chance. I, you, you saw a couple yeah. yesterday, probably and today, and uh, over over the course of the harvest period, you get to see these guys. Well, and, and the
1: cool and thing about our growers too, and and it, I, when I say our growers, I'm talking about all the growers that we deal with, not mm-hmm. just our not grower, just our owners, owners, but they're all but of them. And they all have a tremendous passion for beer. Yeah, and and specifically for craft beer yep. with, with all these different flavors and aromas that are coming out. And there's a thirst for the knowledge at the grower base to know what can we do to help you make better beer.
2: And and a real appreciation for where their hops go. They don't just send them out there into the world and yep. lose contact with them. You That's know right. and I think that I think that, that then helps them to better understand the needs of the people who are going to be using their hops. Sure. And, and it just, it just makes that full circle connection mm-hmm. right there between the people who enjoy the end product and the people who produce what goes into it.
0: Yep. Yep. Now, they love this time of year, too. They're very busy on the farms, but they always make time to see the, the, the brewers that are coming out because we really view it as partners. And uh, that's why, you know, like this past year, we all traveled to Nashville for the Craft Brewers Conference mm-hmm. because it's a chance to interact with people. And several of them got down to Portland for the, the home brewer. And right. it's just a real great chance to interact. and. Our our growers love it because it's uh, it's truly in their blood. They've been doing it for a long time, and they love it. And uh, mm-hmm. with the exception of that one guy down in Oregon uh, who's a Yankee fan, they all have really <laughs> they all have good taste, you know. Good so. taste, yeah.
1: Nothing we can do about him at this point, though. Oh, so. are you gonna name names? <laughs> we won't talk about Bruce Davidson in any bad way. No, no don't <laughs> mention his name. We don't okay. Want to keep him on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, are you a baseball fan, Denny? Did you grow up watching a lot of baseball uh, or listening know, to it? Or?
2: I I grew up watching some and listening to some. My, my earliest memory: I grew up in the middle of Iowa in, okay. in the fifties and sixties. It was like uh, growing up in Leave It to Beaver. Bob Feller, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I used to go to a restaurant near my grandparents' house that was owned by Bill Zuber. Okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, and uh, so, but my earliest memory is the black and white TV on on a Saturday afternoon, and my dad sitting there with a, a tall conical glass of Schlitz, putting a little salt yep. into it yep. and, and watching the baseball game. Yep.
0: And he was probably getting, what, WGN out of Chicago or something like um, that?
2: Probably. You yeah, know, I think yeah. I was so young I wasn't even paying attention. But yeah. I remember I remember the sounds. You know, I remember mm-hmm. the sound of a ball being hit. I remember the sound of the crowd. And that's, that is really my earliest memory of baseball. And then, You know, growing up in the in the 60s and 70s as a young hippie, I kind of got out of sports completely. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting back into them because I live in Eugene and we have a, a minor league team there that sometimes is like really good. And sometimes it's like they've never heard of baseball. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they pl- we had this beautiful park uh, built in the 1930s as a WPA project. Nice. And you could go sit there on a beautiful summer evening and watch the sun set over the hills in mm-hmm. back of you. Uh, drink some good craft beer because they've always been into that there. Yep. Eat some food and just wait for baseball to you happen. You got
0: some great breweries down there in and others. Are yeah. they serving that in the stadium? The yeah, 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 they
2: they do. Uh, Ninkasi and Oakshire especially mm-hmm. uh, show up in our in our little minor league stadium down yeah. there. Uh, there's there's a lot of other great breweries down there. that sure. don't, of course. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Is that the Eugene Emeralds? The Emeralds, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So who yeah. are they? Who are they an affiliate of? Cubs, I, Cubs yeah, I b- believe. Yeah,
2: I believe it is. I believe it yeah. is the Cubs, although it might. San Diego was in there sometime, but I'm not sure if that's yeah, in the Yeah, they change every
1: once in they a do, while. I, I they do, but I think th-
2: I think it's the Cubs because I think I just heard that they really like the association with the yeah. Cubs. they're in well, the. M- I, as a matter of fact, I know it was because when the Cubs won the series, the ring came through Eugene. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably it several of those players did because so many came up through the ranks in right. Chicago. Yeah. 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 The yeah,
1: that Northwest League was a league that uh, used to have the Yakima Bears in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we would watch the Emeralds come up every once in a while. Right. And, uh, uh, and the Yakima team actually started off, I think, as a Dodger affiliate and then later became an Arizona Diamondbacks affiliate. So I know yeah. that they change kind of over time. But right. uh, that's, that's good baseball. I, I, I love you know that short season, baseball. Uh, yeah ball
2: I do, too. You know, and I, I, I love watching these guys, obviously, learning their craft out there on the field. Uh, I love laughing at them when they screw it up. <laughs> and I just love the whole feeling of camaraderie that's sure. there in that small ballpark, you know? Yep. Yep
0: camaraderie is, is what it's about like you say And that's you know whether it's in the ball team or in the, in the ballpark or in your community I and mean, you or, or in beer and uh, do you have a, a group of uh, people you get together with in eugene that like you're regularly brewing together now as home brewers or
2: um you know i'm i'm more of a solo brewer mm-hmm. uh, i find that uh, when i when i brew with other people i tend to drink <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, well if I, they're doing the
0: work that's okay <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> but
2: they're not uh, so i i screw things up when i'm brewing with other people and then i get to the end of the day and i really don't want to clean anything mm. up anymore yeah so i i tend to be a solo brewer except for maybe a couple times a year um and then i just kind of s- decide the beer is going to be whatever it's going to be and it's about the day and the people and and that's the object of the day uh just recently i uh I returned from a trip to New Zealand. I was down there for the hop harvest, nice, uh, mm-hmm. uh, speaking at the the New Zealand homebrew conference. And several of the people I met there came back up here for the homebrew conference in Portland and came back down to spend a couple days in Eugene. Mm-hmm. They brought along a, a pound of New Zealand hops. So nice. we uh, we brewed my rye IPA recipe with all New Zealand hops mm-hmm. when they were there. Nice. And it's not the best beer I've ever brewed in my life, Uh I don't remember a lot of the day, but I will remember the day for the rest of my life because it was so wonderful spending the time with those people, drinking beer, brewing beer, talking, having fun.
1: I see you have a Mac Hops from I our friends, the McGlashions. Yes, um, we got
2: to go to their hop farm. Uh, they were two days away from the end of harvest when the biggest rainstorm in <laughs> 70 years hit Nelson. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, so they were describing uh, their dismay yeah. about that. So.
1: I was down there actually at the front end of hop harvest last year. Oh, really? It's just a beautiful, beautiful area. And ha- uh, good people.
2: Oh, really good people. I mean, I, I love the area. We got to go to the uh, Plant and Food Research Center also when I was there, which was really nice. Um, I have a, a great picture of myself from uh, the uh, um with their, their bruff hop picker machine. Oh, routine. sure, yeah. Boy, that is like a piece of history there.
1: Well, Brent's dad, Kim, just finished, I call it a uh, little tributary because it's it's kind of modeled after Pat Smith, who's a good friend of uh, Brent McClash's. But they just finished building that this year. Really? And uh, they hadn't picked any hops in it yet because we are just there at the front end of harvest. But the same thing, it's got kind of a wolf picker front end on it with a Don Hauer back end. Mm-hmm. And the only thing different from uh, tributaries is they're actually burning wood chips as fuels part wow. sustainability. Yeah, sustainability yeah. it's more uh, more sustainable down there yep. than it would be using uh, propane or, sure, or diesel yep. or something well it and
2: it in new zealand they're, they're very much into sustainability they very and much and are. The environment uh, i just absolutely adored the place i can't wait yep. to go back
1: yep, yep.
0: Uh, well, we were down in Oregon last week, we went to see our, our growers uh, down in the Woodburn area mm-hmm. and one of our growers, the Coleman's, have put in a whole new kilning process too and it's part of uh, continuous improvement to improve the quality and it's a big it's a big deal for our growers when they can continue to reinvest. I'm sure the McLaughlin's it's the same thing, it's just how do you keep reinvesting to improve the quality of the hops that you're, you're producing to get it yeah. out to the brewers, so
1: such a big thing now that it really wasn't that big of a deal 30 years ago is uh more and more hops are used on the gold side yeah. uh as uh, mm-hmm. uh for dry hopping and that type of thing and sanitation is so important Very
0: important yeah
1: and it wasn't important when i was a young guy well maybe it was but i didn't know about it because we grew clusters and most of it was used <laughs> for bettering right. on the hot side and uh, we, we figure it was sanitized but that's so important and I, I really I'm glad you mentioned the Coleman's it's really uh, good that they did that investment. These are big
0: commitments or big yep. investments these are you know huge money they put into those things. Uh, Denny question for you on, on the home brewer scene uh, with the explosion of so many smaller breweries now or mm-hmm. just ex- expanding the size of that in the United States. Uh, are you seeing fewer people um, making the commitment to home brewing, or do you see it growing yet? Or wher- what do you see going on with just the the scale and size yeah. of the home brewing community? Yeah.
2: It's it's still growing overall, but it's a different way of thinking about it than it used to be. And this is this is very much why we focused our next book on simplifying home brewing, mm-hmm. because again, being on the the AHA governing committee for so long. We've done a lot of demographic surveys and stuff so I can look at it. And the number of homebrewers is still increasing. But when I started homebrewing 20 years ago, it was like a, a lifestyle or almost a religion that right. you got into. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you thought about brewing 24 hours a day. You'd sit there at your desk at work w- working <laughs> out new recipes and stuff. These days, because of, of societal changes, because of, of the millennial shift and stuff, people want a fun— fast easy activity mm-hmm. that they can do and then get on with their lives mm-hmm. so what we what we're trying to do in this book is like cut out all the unnecessary parts of home brewing of course it, you know it's a hobby it's a mm-hmm. personal thing so you can decide for yourself what's necessary and what's not but you know people these days are still brewing and the numbers are increasing But they don't want a lifelong commitment to it, and they don't want a whole garage full of a -hmm. a brewery and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I developed for this new book is doing a 20-minute mash and a 20-minute boil for a three-gallon all-grain batch. Mm -hmm. You can crank out in less than two hours, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what people are really into now. and. That brewing smaller batches also allows for more experimentation mm-hmm. so they can get into more styles, play with more different hops, stuff like that, more different ways to use them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while while the that maybe I don't wanna, I don't want to exactly say the level of commitment, but the you know, the. Well, I'll say level of commitment. <laughs> 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 well, well, that has changed the number of people brewing and the enjoyment they get from it has continued to grow.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, that's It's very cool. Uh, I want to come back just because you mentioned the middle of Iowa. Have you been out to see Toppling Goliath yet? Have you been to their brewery? I yet? have
2: not because I haven't been back to Iowa in probably... Thirty years, mm-hmm. but I have a brother-in-law there who sent me some Toppling Goliath beer. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it was a New England IPA, mm-hmm. which is a style that I just. have I mean, I, tr- I try hard to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can drink it, I can appreciate it, but I don't necessarily like it. Right. You know, but I thought that I thought it was a very well-made beer, and I hear great things about Toppling Goliath. Yeah,
0: no, they're they're doing really well out there. It's exciting. It's part of this. Uh, nationwide movement. And I think, you know, I know Mike, the brewer and a lot, a lot of the brewers that we try, they all started off home brewing. Yeah. And, and, and as you said, some of them make the lifestyle decision to say three hours a a week is enough or every other week, that's all. But some, they find their passion. Oh yeah. And when they find that, it's great that there's an opportunity to play around and experiment. And, you know, that's uh, that combination of art and science that goes into brewing and, and, You know, it's great to just find and and hear people talk about. I'm just fascinated by what people are doing. We had a good friend of ours, Greg Freeberg, up from uh, Great Western Mall today, came up to get his fresh hops,
1: right? Drove all the way from Vancouver. Really? Uh, Took him two and a half hours. It takes me three. (laughs) But but he was on a mission. And uh, we fixed him up with some. uh, Fresh Hop Simcoe to uh, Brew. He's actually going to enter into the uh, Fresh Hop contest again this year. end of, year. The end oh, of September. No, it's yeah.
0: exciting. Have you been up, Denny, to our Fresh f- Hop uh, Festival? I have
2: not, and I am looking forward to being able to do that You he got to come up this yeah. end, of
0: se- it's, uh, end of September, the last Saturday of September here in Yakima. It's a special event. And I've heard uh, so much about it. It
1: really is. It's pretty special. We've yeah. got a ticket for you, Denny, if you can make it up here. You know, let me see what I can do. All
2: right. Uh, there, there is a conflict that weekend, but uh, – uh Mecca grade is doing a big farm-to-table dinner at their place that weekend. Mm-kay. But maybe I can somehow do both. There you <laughs> go. Get <laughs> it <Yeah>. to go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> well, Denny, thank you so much for taking time to be with us on our podcast today. We
1: really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Yep. So.
2: It was a real pleasure, guys. Thanks for asking me. And, uh, you know, thanks for doing Hop and Brew School and letting us all in on the fun.
1: Thanks for being part of it. It's, oh, it's a pleasure.
2: I love it. Yep. I wouldn't miss it.
1: All right.